and welcome everybody to Lydia House. Great to have you with us. I'm Pastor Nate, for those who don't know me, and we're thankful that you're here in whatever way you are joining us this morning. Let's open up in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the freedom we have to worship together this morning. We don't want to take that for granted. We pray for those in places throughout the world who do not have the freedom to gather together in your name this morning. And we pray that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them and keep us thankful for what we have been given. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to all of you, whether you're joining in person in the basement or by Zoom or you're watching this later on, whatever method it is, we are glad you are here. A couple quick reminders, if you're joining us via Zoom, please remember to mute your mic uh, when you're not trying to talk. That way we won't hear your background discussions and eating cereal and whatever it is you <laughs> might be doing on your mic. Um, and another reminder, if you're with us in person in the basement, uh, please keep your masks on, remember your social distancing and all that jazz. And another announcement, just as always, uh, giving these days is mostly online. If you're in person, of course, you can drop off your tithes and offerings, but otherwise you can do it online. And that info is on the Lydia House website. And if you want to make a donation to Harvest Water Africa and help towards wells and farms, you can do that. Uh, there's a link on the Lydia House website, but there's also a link on the Harvest Water Africa website for that as well. And I'll be giving an update on Uganda um, in a couple of weeks, um, hoping to go there in 2021. So God uh, willing, uh, I'll be able to be there in person get some fun videos of what's going on there with all the farms and everything. And like to take some time this morning to pray about the events of the past week and just all the stuff that's going on in our country in general. I know if you're like me, that's been weighing heavily on your heart. It's difficult these days to watch the news or even open up Facebook, uh, a lot of disagreement. We were hoping, a lot of us were hoping some of this would end with the election, um, and it didn't. And it's, it, I'm not trying to prophesy here, but if anything, it seems like it's building. Um, that's not the direction we want things to be going. The Bible encourages us to pray that we can live peaceably with everybody, uh, to pray for our leaders and our government. And so we want to do that, and we want to pray for our nation. And so I encourage you to join us. I'm going to ask Paul to get on his mic and just pray a nice long prayer for our country. Can you do that, Paul? Yes, I can. I was just looking at the scripture that you were referencing. It says in 1 Timothy 2, first of all. So Paul is telling Timothy, this is a priority. First of all. I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Now, who specifically? For kings and all who are in high positions. What is the purpose? You just said it, Nate, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So, God, we are going to do this this morning at Lydia House and... As you remind us, as we remind one another, we'll do it every week in order that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. It's not quiet and peaceful right now. 
It's stirred up. And so, Father, we pray, we call on you. You are the one on the throne. You are the king over all kings. You are the ruler over all rulers. And you go on to say in this passage, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the purpose of the church to be here, or the church and the country to be quiet and peaceful so that people may come to faith and put their trust in Jesus Christ. We pray, we speak uh, blessing and silencing on our nation. We say peace to our nation, peace at the Capitol, peace at Washington, D.C. Yes. And we pray that those who were rebellious, that justice would be served. We pray that they would not get away with what they did, but we pray that the innocent would be released as well. And so in these days ahead, in this transition, we pray for peace on the streets, peace in our homes, peace in the church, and peace in the government. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we, we've all had a, a rough 10 months or so in this country. We thank you that you have sustained us, that you've brought us through. We ask that you would continue to bring us through. I don't know if we're halfway through the valley or if we're just partway through or if we're all the way through. That's part of the difficulty of these times is it's all the unknowns. But we know that you are with us in the valley that we walk through regardless of how long we might be here or, or what, what it entails for us in the future. And so we put ourselves in your hands, Father God. We pray that you would help us during these days of great difficulty to be salt and light. You call us to be that in your word, Lord God, salt and light. Salt preserves, it also heals, it also flavors. Lord, and we need more light in the darkness right now. Father God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to, to learn to quiet our emotional reactions when we're around someone that disagrees with us. This is, this is a really important skill these days, and it's becoming clear that I am not as good at it as I thought I was. And I think others are maybe in the same place. Help us to become more gracious and, and grace giving to people who we believe are wrong, people who may be antagonistic, argumentative, um, aggressive even against us. I pray that you'd help us to respond to people as you did. Lord, people were coming at you all the time, Jesus, when you were on earth and you always respond to them with such love and such grace. And I pray that you would teach us to do the same in our interactions with people as we conduct ourselves online. I pray that you would help us to act as you would act and say as you would say and do as you would do and maintain that, that spirit of peace that you mm -hmm. always did. Mm -hmm. We ask you for more of that peace. I pray for the sleep of everybody in this church that you would grant us good sleep, that you would teach us to let go of our stresses and fears and worries 
and give those things to you. I pray for our children at Lydia House. Yes. Lord God, I pray just a special hedge of protection around mm. our children's minds mm. and hearts these days, mm. Lord Jesus, mm. that as they see and hear the news or maybe see and hear mom and dad talking or maybe getting heated in discussion about what's going on in the world, I pray that you would give us wisdom, those of us who are parents and grandparents, give us wisdom in what to do and to say around the children and what not to. But I also pray for the kids that you would keep them safe, that they wouldn't take up this spirit that is so prevailing in our country right now of fear and, and, and worry and anger and agitation. And I pray that our kids wouldn't pick those things up and internalize them and make them their own. Those aren't part of their identity, Lord. And so I pray that you would protect our kids and give us wisdom as we conduct ourselves around them. And Father, I wanna, want us to turn more personal now in our prayers as we prepare our hearts for worship. Lord, we just surrender all this stuff, these things that are weighing heavily on our heart and on our mind. Maybe we're having trouble focusing, having trouble sleeping, having trouble dealing with anger or concern or stress or whatever the case may be. Father, help us right now just to give these things over to you. We just lift them up to you, Lord God. We give you all the things that are weighing on our minds, all the things that are weighing on our hearts. And we just set those down for now. As we prepare our hearts to worship you. And let's take a moment to confess silently our sins, things that we may have done or left undone over the past week. We'll just take a moment. And I'm going to confess a couple things in particular. And if you want to share in that confession, you can go ahead and do that. Lord, I confess that I have not always responded as I should to people who I disagree with regarding the things that are going on these days in our country. I confess that I haven't put love first in every conversation or interaction. I confess that I have tried instead to win people over to my side, my, my understanding, my beliefs. And rather than trying to bring you into every situation, I've tried to bring myself into those situations. So I confess that, Lord. And I pray that you would help me, help any of us who are having these kind of difficulties these days to give them over to you and allow you to be Lord of our life in every way, in every interaction, every relationship. That we would be examples of your love and your grace 
during these difficult days. That's, that's what I read in the New Testament. A lot of difficult days of people being good examples of you and your love. So I pray that you would help us to do that. And Lord, we are thankful. We are so thankful for everything that we have in this country, everything that we have in our lives. We're thankful for our jobs or the jobs that we're going to have. We thank you for our kids and our grandkids. We thank you that we live in a country where people can disagree without being slaughtered or imprisoned for it. And so, Lord, we do pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our church. But help us to always be thankful and grateful for all the things that you are doing and to hope and to trust that you are bringing us into a good place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So let's worship the Lord. Thank you to Paul and Karen for leading us into that again. Yes. And you're welcome to stand or you can sit. I guarantee you, if Karen were not singing here, she'd still be standing and probably grabbing a flag. And I picked the songs for two reasons, for the words and for the music. And sometimes I get so caught up in the music that I don't even hear the words that I'm singing. But I looked at this song, and it was so powerful in the words that I, I want you to be aware of them as we, as we sing. I think you will know the melody. It goes like this. Thou by heavenly hosts adored, gracious, mighty, sovereign Lord, God of nation, King of kings, head of all creation, sing. By the church with joy confessed, thou all forever blessed. Pleading at thy throne we stand, save our people, bless our land, amen. From all public sin and shame, from ambition's grasping aim, from rebellion, war, and death, from the pestilential breath. From dread famine's awful stroke, from oppression galling yoke, from the judgments of the land, spare thy people, spare our land. Here we go with the rulers. Let our rulers ever be men that love and honor thee. Let the powers by thee ordained be in righteousness maintained. In thy people's heart increase love of piety and peace. Thus united we shall stand one wide free and happy land. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. We got to sing yeah. that again, don't we? Yeah, that last verse. Yeah, I just saw it, just found it in our Lutheran hymnal. My, been around a while. And this one has been around a little while, and you're going to know it. And it's a wonderful song by a wonderful songwriter. The sun comes up 
It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. How often? Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forever. He's there, Grandma. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh my soul. I worship your holy name. I worship your holy name. Just keep singing. Oh, we worship your holy name. Oh, we worship, we praise you. We praise your name. We bless your people, God, and we bless you, O oh God. We give ourselves to you. I worship your holy name. All that is within us, we worship your holy name today, Lord, every day. Forever. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. With my soul, it, it is, is well. well. It, it is, 
struggling these days for what has been experienced. May it be well for them. May, be, may they come into a place of peace and be settled in their heart that you are king over all kings, Lord over all, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay. And so, I sing praises to your name. Come on. Oh, Lord, and praises to your name, oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly 
I give glory to your name, oh Lord, glory to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I give glory to your name, oh Lord, glory to your name. Thank praise you, you Jesus. with everything within us, Lord, because you have asked you. us to. Yes. Because we want to. Lord, because we're coming against the enemy. Yes. And there's going to be no darts that can come through when we are worshiping you, Father, in truth. And we are doing that warfare. Yes. Because you say the praisers go ahead of the battle. And so we praise and worship you today. Yes, Every we do. day, Every Lord, day. we stand. We stand on your word. Yes, Hallelujah. yes. And for any who are discouraged, we pray that you would lift up their heads this day and cause them lift to them. look to you. Yes. Yes. See, you are on the throne, the highest above the highest. The Lord gives you a, a word now. Sometimes in times of praise, he will speak to somebody, give them something. It's meant to be shared. And if God has whispered something to you while we were worshiping, you go ahead and speak it out. If you're near a mic, there's a mic here. If God gives, has given you anything to, to speak out. that um, God sees God sees everything that's happening in the world and in the nation but his eye is still on the sparrow he's mm. still on the sparrow yes yes amen Okay, Nate, we're ready to hear the word. Give it to us, man. Could you and Karen pray for healing first for us? Of course, yes. Lord, we pray for healing for broken hearts, our minds and our hearts, Lord. Uh, we feel very vulnerable these days. It's easier to feel safe and Lord, we know in our minds, we know your word, and we know the scripture, your eyes on the sparrow. So why should we be worried? 
Yes. Why should we wonder? But we ask, Father, that you would hold our hearts in your hands tenderly and strongly <laughs> that we would feel the strength of your might and your power, that mm -hmm. you are our refuge. Yes. You are our refuge and our strength. And so we can trust for healing and healing of not only hearts but bodies. Mm -hmm. You care about every part of us. You are our creator, and we trust you. So hold your hands out like this, all of you, in an attitude of receiving. God loves to give. He says, ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. He says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Father give good gifts? Another translation, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who yeah, yes. ask? So we come asking, we come as children, needy children, coming to you, asking for you to help us. Come and heal us. Heal bodies today. Jesus. Here and where they're needed. Not only here. We speak healing to those that we know that are out there that need healing. We speak it to them. And healing of hearts as well as healing of bodies. And we pray it in the name of the one who sent out his disciples. And he said, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. Amen. 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 Yes. yes. Heal our nation. Yes, yes. indeed. And Paul, while I kind of take over here, do you mind um, passing out paper and pens to everybody who's there at the basement? We're going to do a little writing later on. So everybody needs a paper and a pen. Um, and for you at home too, please grab a piece of paper and a pen or something to write with. Or if you've got a smartphone, you can uh, use a note on there. That's what I usually do. Um, Karen, thank you for that prayer, by the way. That really blessed me. So thank you. I'm, I'm right there with you and with many of you. It's going to be rough days, right? But God is getting us through, amen? Yes, amen. Amen. And I'm joining you by Zoom. So this will be, we haven't done it exactly this way before with a lot of folks being in person and someone preaching over Zoom. So I apologize that you have to look at the television. Um, and I... Thank you for your uh, graciousness in these days. As most of you know, uh, my medical situation is such that I'm pretty high risk. And so we're still uh, being cautious these days and praying about that. And we'll be reevaluating that sometime soon. And so I hope to be with you in person sometime soon. Please know that I am with you in spirit at all times. And you can feel free to, you know, text me, email me, call me, whatever you need to do. And I'm also not afraid of the cold. And so I'm cool going and meeting with someone outside. I know some of you might not want to do that, but for those of us who are Minnesotans, particularly of some Scandinavian background, um, I don't mind hanging out outside for a few hours <laughs> these days. So I, but I appreciate church, your graciousness and letting uh, your pastor not even show up for work. So thank you for that. Um, if you want to open up your Bibles to John chapter 1, we're going to get to that passage in a little bit. Um, this is a tough week to preach a sermon for a pastor. 
um, after everything that's been going on. And um, prior to a lot of the stuff that went on this week, I had been praying, you know, in the new year for a word from the Lord for Lydia House. I do that every year. Um, and every year God comes through with a word. And I've been praying, you know, over the past couple of weeks uh, for a word. And it was a little slow in coming. Uh, it was, I don't know, maybe a week ago or so that I finally heard the Lord say something. And I shared it with the LT and we've been praying about it. And I'm really excited about it. Um, but I'm going to share, I'm going to let you behind the curtain a little bit um, and confess something to you here in a minute. Um, so the word starts out like this. This is the word of the Lord for us as Lydia House. I hope that it extends beyond us. I hope that this word is going to be given to a lot of people in a lot of places, but I don't know for sure. I don't want to presume that, but I know it's for us, for everybody here, everybody watching, listening, watching later on, whoever you are, this, this word that I'm going to give is from God for you for now. And it starts out like this. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And I'm going to pause there for a second. That's a great beginning. That's a great word. And I was quite excited about this word. The rest of it is actually even better. Um, I was very excited about this word. And then the events of the weeks of this week continued to transpire. And I have to confess to you that I had a moment of what could only be called doubt. Uh, it wasn't so much that I doubted the word, it's that I doubted that this is what I was supposed to share with you <laughs> on Sunday. I'm like, Lord, I can't get up on Sunday and say, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. That sounds insensitive to the things that are going on in this country. It sounds, I don't know, maybe even a little Mary Poppins. It sounds too good, too positive. I don't know if people are going to be able to receive it right now. Uh, so I was... I guess complaining, but I, I had a little doubt and I brought that to the Lord this towards the end of the week, this week. And the Lord's response was interesting because I said, should I still share this? And I have found that often when God tells us to do something, he often doesn't tell us to do it again. He's, it's often like, these were my orders and they stand, period, until you fulfill them. Um, and so he didn't repeat, yes, I want you to tell them this. What he said was, Nate, be strong and courageous. And if you know that passage from Joshua, Joshua was not being strong and courageous <laughs> at the time. That's why he needed that word, be strong and courageous. So I, I was encouraged by that word. It wasn't really a rebuke, but it was a tap on the back, uh, maybe a little, little kick in the rear end. I gave you a word to share, share it. And uh, so I'm gonna do that. Um, but that's a little confession for you that I, I faltered a bit this week and I don't, I don't blame anybody for, for having a bit of doubt this week uh, about what God's gonna do in the future. But I wanna get back to this word because I think it's really important. So it's, just, it's really just three sentences. Um, the first is, this is the year of the favor, of the Lord's favor. And you can write this down by the way. Um, because this is our word for the year, I think I'm going to probably give this pretty much every Sunday, but I'd like us all to internalize it because this is for you. It's not just for us as a church. It's for you, for your family. 
for, for your calling and what you are called to do in the world. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And God gave me that. And I inquired and I said, what, what do you mean specifically, God? What favor is a kind of a big word? What is it that you want to say to us? And the Lord said, my favor will be upon you as you reach out to people in your lives. My favor will be upon you, you plural, as you reach out to the people in your lives. And so I believe that we, we all reach out to people in our lives, right? But I believe that that is going to be more fruitful this year. It's going to be more effective this year, even to the point of people that we've maybe been praying for for a long time and haven't seen a lot of change or a lot of success. I think we're going to see that happen in many cases this year. Um, I think this is the year for that. So this is the year of the Lord's favor. My favor will be upon you as you reach out to other people. And then I, I asked him for more clarity on that. And he finally said this, you reach out to them, then watch me work. And you will be amazed. That's what he said. You reach out to them, then watch me work and you will be amazed. And I'm not going to go into it now, maybe another time, but I preach a whole sermon series on the word amazed in the New Testament. It's a very loaded word, uh, loaded with good stuff, by the way. So this is the word of the Lord for us, for our church, for you, your family. God wants us to respond to the chaos and the lawlessness and the, all the bad things that are happening. He wants us to respond to that by reaching out to the people in our lives with his love. To encourage them, to bless them, to minister to them, to bring to them whatever it is the Holy Spirit wants to bring to them. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be engaged in what's happening politically or in the corporate discussion or any of that. I'm not saying we're not supposed to do those things. I, I do think we should submit everything to the Lord, though, and ask us what we should do in any given situation. Um, there have been times in my life where I have unknowingly closed doors to different people because of my views on whatever given topic. Um, it, it happened a number of times in college when people would hear me talking to me like, oh, well, he's super conservative, so I'm not really interested in talking to him. They sort of close off to you, right? Um, and there were a number of times where I was like, wow, you know, if I hadn't started with that, <laughs> or if I hadn't gone there yet, um, maybe this person would be more open to hearing something about Jesus. So I have had that experience, and maybe you've had some of those experiences too. So I'm not saying don't engage in that kind of discussion right now, but I am saying, hey, let's, let's, let's let Jesus be Lord of our life and lift everything up to him and ask him how he would lead us, especially with specific people as we interact with them. Because there's going to be a, an anointing on us as we interact with people. We are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And I think this year, God is going to be teaching us as a church what that means, what it really means to be his ambassadors, and the, the high calling that that is, the serious 
calling that that is and the things that that entails. Everybody with me? This is difficult because I can't actually see any of you. <laughs> but I'm going to assume you're, you're, you're with me and you're listening. So I'm going to read it again, just, just so we have it down. This is the year of the Lord's favor. My favor will be upon you as you reach out to people in your lives. You reach out to them, then watch me work, and you will be amazed. Such a great word, amazed. I like to be amazed by God. Anybody else? So I, I was asking God about this again this week and sort of waffling a bit on whether or not I should actually give this message, uh, given everything that's going on right now. And the Lord gave me a very interesting response. It wasn't a rebuke, uh, but it was interesting. He said, and you could write this down if you want to. He said, am I unable to move in times of great difficulty? a question. Am I unable to move, Nate, in times of great difficulty? And the answer, of course, is no, you are not unable to move in times of great difficulty. And, and I, I, I appreciated what the Lord said to me because I've studied this a lot. And as it turns out, most of the major moves of God have been in times of great difficulty. And if you, let's just talk about miracles for one example. If you list out the top 20, top 50, probably miracles in the Bible, the vast majority, like almost all of them took place in times of great difficulty, either great difficulty for the nation, great difficulty for the individual. In fact, there are theologians who have argued that times of great difficulty are a prerequisite to experience a miracle. I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but I, I, I do see their point. Uh, times of great difficulty are perfect soil for God to move. Perfect soil for the supernatural. Again, look all throughout scripture, all the times when God moves in power, when he does incredible things, whether on a corporate scale, a national scale, or for individuals, it's during difficulty, during times that are hard. God loves to move during times that are hard. So when we look at the news, or when we look out at our world these days, or when we, we talk to our friends and everybody's stressed or spun out of shape or really concerned or having a, a desire to flee and hide behind walls. When we see that, that should actually encourage us that God is going to move and he is going to move. And as it turns out, he wants to use us, Lydia House, to move in the lives of people who are in our life. So I want to, I want to look at scripture now just to put what I'm talking about in context. And I'm going to be talking about this, you know, uh, throughout the year for the next couple of weeks, certainly, um, on what it means to reach out to people with the love of God. And so let's, let's open up to John chapter one. If you're already there, uh, you can find verse 40. We'll get there in a minute. So we are called to make disciples right? You, we all know that we're called to make disciples. It's the great commission. We learned that probably when we were kids, most of us. And, but I think we can all improve at going. What's the great commission? Go, right? Go, very strong verb. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're called to go, right? We're called to go. We're not called to sit around and do nothing. We're not called to sit around and hope things change. 
We're not called to sit around and complain about how bad things are. We're called to do something about it. We're called to go. And, but I think we could all agree that we could all improve at going. We could all improve at going or for some of us get clarity on what going even looks like for us. We're, we're a mission church. Liddy House is a mission church. And so we're good at going. <laughs> Most of us who are here, we've been going, so to speak, uh, all our lives. But even people who are good at something can improve. Amen. We can all improve in this area of our calling. We can improve at going and learning more about what that means and how to do that. So I'd like to talk about that over the next few weeks so that we can get better at it. When I say go, I'm not talking about going and preaching on the street corner or something like that. I'm talking about going to, the, to our own sphere of influence, going to the people that God has already placed in our lives. And that, that's what the word said that I received from the Lord. We reach out to the people in your lives. And so that's primarily what I'm talking about and what we're called to do. Now, some of us also have specific callings to go to specific people or groups, and that's, that's great. Um, you know, many people at Lydia House grew up as foreign missionaries or have spent time in foreign missions. Masumi and Sachiko and their families reach out to the Japanese students in the Twin Cities, right? So they're called to go to them. The Alex family is called to go to Crete and to be a part of blessing people there. Jacob Bagul is called to go to the um, First Nation tribes and reservations throughout the area. So sometimes we are called to go to specific places, but we are all called to go to the people in our lives, to the people that God has placed in our lives, our, our own sphere of influence. We're all called to go to those folks. And there's a lot of examples of this in the New Testament. I just want to bring up a couple. Um, I, I memorized the Gospel of John, the first three chapters uh, when I was in college. And every once in a while, I kind of go through it just to keep it in my brain. And um, I was doing that this week. And I was struck by something that I've been struck by before, but it sort of hit me in a new way. So Jesus is recruiting his first disciples. He's just been baptized by John the Baptist. The next day, he comes back to where John is baptizing people. And John is there with two of his disciples, namely uh, John, the, who becomes John the Apostle, John the Beloved, and Andrew. Andrew, who is the brother. Yeah, you, buddy. Andrew, who is the brother of Peter. And so I don't know where James is, uh, John's brother. He was fishing or something. He wasn't there at that moment. But John and Andrew were there. And so they are disciples of John the Baptist. They've been following John the Baptist. Um, they've been following the Lord, but they've been following John the Baptist um, as he leads them into what they're called to do. And so I assume John the Baptist had a discussion with them the night after the whole baptism of Jesus thing. Guys, you wouldn't believe what happened. Were you there? Where were you? And told them all about it. Because when Jesus walks by, John sees him walk by and he goes, behold, the Lamb of God. And John and Andrew immediately ditch John the Baptist and run after Jesus. It's been real. Thanks, man. See ya. And they, they go after Jesus, which I think John the Baptist was totally cool with. Because as we know, John said, I must decrease, he must increase. And so John the Apostle and Andrew run after Jesus and they're like, hey, uh, where, where are you staying? What, what's going on? Can we hang out? And Jesus says, come and see. 
And so Andrew and John start following Jesus. They have just started following Jesus, like literally today. And then we get to verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. The first thing he did was to find his brother, Simon. So he starts following Jesus. And the first thing he does was go and get his brother. He goes and finds his brother, Simon, and says, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew's first act as a follower of Jesus was to go grab his bro, his best friend, and to bring him to Jesus. He, he's, he makes a statement of truth. He says, I think we found the Messiah. But he doesn't try to convince Simon of it. He doesn't try to compel him. He doesn't try to convict him. He doesn't do any of those things. And we'll, we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks. Um, some of the common mistakes people make in, in reaching out to others. But he just brings him to Jesus. He just helps to introduce him to Jesus. That's the first thing he does. And now a couple verses later, Jesus calls Philip. And John 1.44, skip down to verse 44. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city that, uh, that Andrew and Peter were also from. And again, the first thing Philip does, Philip found Nathaniel, whom I am named after, and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So again, Philip starts following Jesus and immediately he goes and gets his friend. First thing he does in following Jesus is he goes and he gets his friend and he says, dude, you're not going to believe this. We found him. And of course, Nathaniel has a very interesting reaction. And then Jesus prophesies to him after Philip introduces him to Jesus. It's very interesting. We'll probably go through this passage in depth at another time. But I just wanted to point out that reaching out to other people is supposed to be the most natural thing. It's supposed to be as natural as breathing. And I'm not just talking about evangelism. Some people self-select out of some of this by saying, well, I'm not an evangelist. That's not my calling. Or maybe even I'm not an extrovert. I don't like doing this. But I'm not just talking about evangelism and outreach. These folks didn't preach on street corners. They didn't go to strangers. They went to their best buds, their brother, their friend. It's pretty natural to talk with your friend. It's pretty natural to reach out to your friend. If you find the greatest restaurant you've ever eaten at, you're going to tell your friends about it, right? If you see the greatest movie, you're going to tell them about it. If you read an awesome book, you're going to tell them about it. Whatever you're excited about, whatever you're into, you're going to share with the people closest to you in your life. That's natural. And so sharing Jesus with the people in our lives is supposed to be just that natural, as natural as breathing. And we see that here and many other places in the Bible. The first thing they did, guys, Jesus, you got to meet him. You got to meet him. They don't try to convince. They don't try to convict. They simply introduce and they let Jesus take it from there, which is, I think, how we're supposed to do it. And we'll talk about that in future weeks. And so God wants us to be reaching out to people in our lives. And again, I'm not just talking about non-Christians. This isn't just evangelism, because how many of you Christians in the basement or watching from home could use a little encouragement once in a while, maybe even now? People in my house are raising their hands. I could use some encouragement. How many of us could use a good word? How many of us could use someone saying, hey, I got your back. I'm on your side. I'm in your corner. How many of us could use 
somebody to maybe vent to a little bit and then somebody to help steady us if we're spinning out of control or getting a little too worked up about things, especially these days. That's very easy for me. I don't know about you guys. We could all use someone reaching out to us. Amen. And so we are called to reach out to the people in our lives. We're called to reach out to them with love, with encouragement. And our homework for next week is going to be to reach out to at least one person. And I'll get to that in a sec. But when I say that, I don't mean I want us to try to save a person or anything like that. The Holy Spirit is the one who does that. It could be as simple as, hey, how you doing? I miss you. Is there anything I can pray for you for? Something as simple as that. Reaching out doesn't have to be complicated, especially if it's somebody we haven't maybe talked to in a while. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's just to start the ball rolling, to reach out, to offer a hand. Uh, in some cases, it might be to offer an olive branch. Maybe there's a relationship that has gone sour, a bridge that we burned at some point. I really believe that the favor of God is on us to rebuild bridges in these days. It might look like the opposite is true. <laughs> if you, if you if, again, if you look at the world, if you open up Facebook, if you, if you, if you read the news, it might look like that is not true, but it is. This is a time to build bridges because God's favor is upon us to do that. So if there are people in your lives who you don't really contact with anymore, if there are people in your lives who you've had a falling out with over the last year about politics or about the virus or about responses to those things or whatever it is, if there's somebody you've had a falling out with, pray about this because I believe that the favor of God is on us to repair relationships, to restore, to reconnect, to reconcile. The favor of God is on us, but it's up to us to take that step. Might be a step of humility or of repentance or just a step of outreach. Or maybe it's somebody that we just haven't connected with in a long time. We want to check on them and see how they're doing. God wants us to reach out to the people who are around us. And he's promised Lydia House that his favor is going to be on us as we do that. As we reach out, his favor is going to be there. As you reach out to them, watch me work. But notice that's a conditional statement. You reach out to them, watch me work, and you will be amazed. That's an if then. If we reach out to folks, God will work. He's not saying, sit back, do nothing while I work. And we, we've talked about this many times, but that's just not how God works. <laughs> uh, God works through us. God works in partnership and cooperation with us. And that still amazes me. I, I, I've understood that truth for a long time, but it still amazes me that he partners with people like me. <laughs> Why would he do that? But, but, but that's how he has chosen to do it. He's partnered with, with frail, flawed, uh, earthen vessels like us. He's filled those jars of clay with his spirit and he sent them out for other people to drink from. We're the only Jesus most of these folks are going to see. And these days, a lot of people could really use more of Jesus. Amen? And so God is calling us to reach out in love to the people in our lives. And we're going to talk about this more in the weeks to come, but... We're talking about people we know, such as 
family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, housemates, that sort of thing. I think that's kind of our, there are different spheres if you want to look at it, like concentric, you know, like a Russian nesting doll. Forget what those things are called. Um, obviously, we have our immediate family and then extended family is a little outside, right? We have our good friends, we have other friends, we have coworkers, and then maybe we have former coworkers or people we used to be friends with, but we haven't really connected with in a while or people we've had a relationship with, but it slipped away. So, so there are concentric circles and we, we find this in the Bible multiple times when it comes to outreach. You know, they went from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And that's kind of the pattern that they followed. And you can, you can follow that pattern too, if you want, uh, when it comes to these sorts of things and reaching out to maybe your closest family first and then maybe branching out. Just pray about it and ask the Lord what, what he would have you do and how he would have you do that. And we're going to talk about that more next week in particular. But prayer is a really important component here. So God wants us to reach out to the people in our lives. Well, we probably already knew that. Uh, but now he wants us to really do it and really get more serious about it than we have been. Okay. Thank you, God. I can do that. Um, what do I do? How do I do that? <laughs> give me a, give me a roadmap. Give me a plan. Well, the first step is to pray, pray and say, okay, God, who should I, who should I contact this week and ask? Um, I would like us to respond to this, to start responding to this, um, now by writing down a list, a list with a capital L of the people in our lives, the people in our sphere of influence that maybe God wants us to reach out to in the coming days. And to pray for those people on that list. This will be kind of the rough draft of the list. We can expand it over the next couple of weeks. But we're going to pray now and grab your piece of paper and your pen. We're going to pray and ask the Lord to, to remind us of these people's in our lives and the people on, on, our, on our list of those we can reach out to. And I know some of you are more organized, you know, type A people, others aren't, but having a list of folks that we can pray about is helpful. I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget things. Sometimes I forget who to pray for. Sometimes I forget uh, what I'm supposed to do. And it's helpful to have it written down. So yeah, I'm going to stop there and let's grab your piece of paper, grab your pen. If you're at home, please do this too. Open up a note in your phone, whatever it is. And we're just going to brainstorm and ask God to speak to us and to write down everybody we can think of. And if you, if you think of somebody, just write them down. We, you, you can always edit the list later, right? Um, but if you think of them, go ahead and write them down. And so grab your paper and we are going to pray and ask God who should be on our list. Family, friends, coworkers, housemates, classmates, that sort of thing. And we're just gonna write all those folks down that we can think of, okay? So let's take a moment to pray. Father God, we thank you for the people in our lives. We thank you for the ones that are easy to get along with. And we thank you for the ones that are not as easy to get along with. And we thank you for the ones we see regularly. And we thank you for the ones we haven't seen in a while. We thank you for the people that you have chosen to put in our lives. And we thank you that you have chosen us to reach out to those people with your love. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us now, help our minds to think of who we should write down on our list 
of people that we might reach out to. So let's take just a minute now to write some folks down. Go ahead and fill up the sheet if you want. Again, you're not writing a contract. We're just taking notes here. Write up a list of folks who are in your lives that God might be calling you to reach out to. Thank you for turning the camera. So now I can proctor the group in the room. I see paper moving, that's good, good job. Some of you already know who to write down. You know the people on your list. Go ahead and write them down anyway. Write out their names. Sometimes seeing somebody's name reminds us. It, it, it moves on our heart sometimes. So just write down all the names you can think of. Go ahead and keep writing if, if you're still writing down names. Um, I just wanna give a little word of encouragement to the introverts who are among us. Sometimes talking about outreach can make introverts feel a little left out or a little cha challenged, maybe is the word. Um, but again, I'm not talking about preaching on the street corner. I'm not talking about having a party with 40 people preaching to them or something like that. I'm talking about individually reaching out to people you already know and sharing your life with them, sharing the love of Christ with them. And I'm not necessarily talking about evangelism. Sometimes with these relationships, at some point, God will open a door for you to share about Jesus, sure. But it might be as simple as just touching base with someone and seeing how if they're okay, if they have any prayer requests, whatever the case may be. And then, the, then they respond to you and then you can respond back. And it's just about building a relationship, in a, in a, but in a focused way, in a way where you are intentionally trying to minister the spirit and the presence of God in their life. And that's something that we can all do, whether we are introverts, extroverts, experienced, inexperienced. Okay, so we have our lists. If, if you're still writing, you can keep writing. Um, again, this is a rough draft of our list. We'll probably add to that over the weeks. Maybe throughout this week, God might speak to you and give you more people he wants to add to your list. Maybe it's somebody you haven't talked to in 20 years and you're like, really? I don't even know where they are. But if the spirit puts them on your heart, then that means he's calling you to reach out and God's favor is gonna be on that. So please listen, keep your ears open, pay attention to what the spirit might be saying. So I'd like you to share your list now just for like one minute to share with somebody else, um, preferably your spouse, if you're with your spouse right now. Um, sometimes, you know, God, marriage exists for many reasons, most of which are good. Well, all of which are good, but some of which are difficult, <laughs> like killing you is one of the purposes of marriage. Um, teaching you about the cross <laughs> is one of the purposes of marriage. But another one is... Your spouse is your partner in ministry. 
And so sometimes you might have an idea about a person to reach out to and they might say, oh, and you can bounce things off each other and God might give you a plan as a, as a couple or as a family of people you can reach out to and things you can do. So I want you to just share just for a minute or two um, who you have on your list. Share it with your spouse or somebody else in the room if you're by yourself or whatever, that's okay. But let's just take one minute just to share Maybe somebody significant jumped out at you as, as you were writing them out. Just share with this. Share your thoughts. Um, eventually, it would be good to start brainstorming ideas about how you might connect with these different folks. So let's just share. Share for a moment. And for those of you who are watching afterwards or maybe you're watching or listening by yourself, I encourage you to share with somebody soon. Say, hey, I feel like God wants me to start reaching out to people. I could use some help with ideas and bounce those ideas off a friend. Maybe you have a prayer partner, an accountability partner, and you two could do this together and keep each other updated on who you're reaching out to, what you did, how it's going, if you followed up. For those of us who aren't used to this, a little accountability might be helpful. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully we got the ball rolling here, got your, got your brain thinking. Uh, I encourage you to continue to think and pray about this throughout the week. Continue to talk to your spouse or somebody else about this. Um, this is a serious thing. You know, the Great Commission is a serious thing. We're all called to go. And we're all called to reach out to the people that God has placed in our lives. And what I'm excited about is that God has promised us as a church that his favor is going to be particularly strong on us this year as we do this. And that we're going to be amazed. Amazed is a good word, right? Amazed is a great word. In fact, this whole word is good. Uh, this, is, this is one of the best prophetic words I've had the privilege of giving to a group of people. So I am really excited about this. And I think God is too. I think God is really excited about this, but it's a conditional word. It depends on us, us making the first move. So your homework, all of our homework, kids, you listening? Homework? I know homework doesn't sound like a great word, but, but it's a good thing. So our homework for next Sunday is I'd like everybody to connect with at least one person. Let's, let's just go slow. Let's not put too many demands on us. Obviously, if you want to do more than that, you're, you're welcome to, but let's at least connect with one person. And it doesn't have to be something massive or major. It can be something as simple as, hey, been thinking about you. How are you doing these days? Anything I can pray for you for? Something like that. It, it could be simple. But let's try to connect with at least one person who we might not normally connect with in that way over this next week. Does that sound doable? Yeah. 
Is that a doable assignment? My kids say yes, and they don't like homework at all. So, so if my kids can do it, folks, no pressure. But um, let's try to connect with one person, and then maybe on Sunday we'll see if anybody has anything interesting to share about that, and we'll we'll see what God is doing, and we'll continue talking about this this idea of reaching out because I I grew up with an understanding of outreach that was scary. <laughs> Um, and daunting and intimidating. And, and I don't think it's supposed to be that way. I don't, I don't think it's meant to be that way. And so we're going to talk about some of those things in the coming weeks. And uh, our service is going to be shorter today. We're going to end our formal service now so that we can spend some time uh, sharing and praying for one another. So I'm going to give the benediction now, and then we're going to move on to that. So Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. We want to respond to your word. Lord, we know that it's important. We see this in scripture. We've seen it in our own lives. How important it is to respond when you give a word. When you instruct us to do something, we, we need to respond to that and, and quickly. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to respond to this this week, even if it's a small step of making a list and, and reaching out to at least one person. Pray that you give us grace in that. And we thank you that your favor is going to be on us. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.